Okay. Um, so yeah, this, last year at uh, Sundance, we um, we were getting up the first morning uh, to get the dancers into the arbor early. We wanted them in there. We wanted to be able to get them in the sweat lodge before the sun came up. And uh, so I got up early. I think it was about a quarter to five. And I went outside and I didn't have my coffee or anything to look forward to. So I just went out to kind of wake up and look at the sky and I saw a meteor. And I can't remember the name of the meteor shower that takes place in early August, kind of. But I was like, it, it, it made me like look up at the sky and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, there's that meteor shower going on. And I was looking around and I was sitting in my truck seat and I, I looked to my left as far as I could before my truck obscured the view. And this ship came out from behind my truck. But I mean, it was way off in the distance and it was over the hills. And I've seen a lot of ships. I've seen a lot of movement in the sky, a lot of lights, a lot of phenomenon. Never seen anything like this. It was, if I had to guess, a minimum of a mile long, the shape of a capsule. You really couldn't distinguish the outline of this thing, but it... It was there and you could see the shape as it moved through the clouds behind the clouds but what got my attention and why i was able to see it is it had windows through the side of it and if i had to count or guess 50 maybe a hundred windows and again this thing it was hard to judge the distance when there's something that big in the sky uh it could have been five miles wide i really don't know but it was uh, a beautiful astonishing sight uh, unexpected and those things have occurred over and over when when we're doing ceremony because we're finding ourselves really in our heart space and um, if there was any words that a man shared with me Chief Golden Light Eagle said uh, if you do it from your heart you can't go wrong so uh, when we do it all from our heart uh, magic shows up um, I lived in Redfeather a long time ago and I woke up in the middle of the night and looked out my window and I saw this star and it started moving and then it flew into my window, went into my chest and I was felt like I was flying millions of miles per second and there were always like kaleidoscope images and stuff and then I was in this room that was dark and this woman came out and she looked very Egyptian and she just looked at me, she smiled, she nodded, then I got sucked back out. And then when I came back to my bed, I could feel, I was, there was like this neon blue light around me and I could feel my body in like layers, like I was spliced up and then I just felt myself like slowly like vibrating back into myself. And that was uh, pretty awesome. All right, so I was with a circle at um, Devil's Tower, Wyoming, and um, we were there honoring uh, Chief Golden Light Eagle, who um, many of us either danced or supported at uh, his Sundances, um, which is all about connection with the star races and learning about our star history. Um, so we were all looking at the sky the whole night and saw a lot of really wild stuff, stuff streaking across the sky, stuff that maybe was satellites, the International Space Station, a lot of stuff, but um, and it was already pretty powerful, but then um, everybody was going to bed. I was the last one up. Um, I went to use the bathroom. As I'm heading back to my tent, I look up, and there's just an orb 
possibly right above the trees. If not, it was a lot bigger, but um, it looked like about the size of maybe a beach ball, but way brighter than anything else in the sky. And so uh, my heart already started to race and just in my head, sorry, um, <laughs> in my head, I thought, thank you, who are you? And I'm starting to try to figure it out with my mind and all of a sudden it gets two or three times as bright and gets twice as big and two beams come out of it and just make a huge V in the sky. And I just, I don't know what's going on. It floats this V over to what, like one of the only clouds in the sky, it's just a little wisp of cloud. And as it pulls it over there, it forms, the cloud almost like forms with the light. And it makes this shape in the sky. And I'm trying to figure out just so I can describe it to somebody later. It looks like a Wi-Fi symbol. The top with the rectangle and a little triangle at the bottom, but the middle bars are missing. And it just hangs there for a minute. And then the um, orb disconnects from the Wi-Fi symbol, gets dim and small again, and just flies off in the distance. And the symbol just hangs there for a good maybe half a minute and then just... The cloud and everything just disappears. I, at the time, I had no idea what any of that was. I just said, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Heart racing and just tried to go to sleep. And the next day, I, I went for a drive and sang some sacred songs, had a prayer smoke, and I stopped and looked up at the sun. And I started pulling in through my crown the sunlight. All of a sudden, I saw that V. And I realized, like, oh, I'm pulling like this. I need to open up. And as I start pulling in, I see the Wi-Fi symbol and I realize like my middle bars are missing. I need to, to fill in. So it was a very personal message that I didn't understand until it like opened up the next day. But I've looked for anything that, stories that resemble that and I haven't found any. It, um, it's known as a portal site. That's why Close Encounters of the Third Kind was filmed there. We saw ships when we watched Close Encounters of the Thir Third Kind. When the ship shows up, you can see it was a lot smaller and subtle but it, they show up when the ships show up in the movie <laughs> and then they fly off when it's done um so i don't the best i can think of it's some sort of drone they sent through with a message for me and that just blew my heart open just to think that however far they were and then there's a symbol in in chief golden light eagle's book that is the v with a line on it it's the arcturians invoking the freedom ray and they're shooting rays <laughs> in the sky <laughs> so yeah freedom room um all about free will and um just taking back control of our ourselves and um so yeah that's my story i was guided to share this message because the sasquatch wanted everyone to know that they can connect wherever they are whether they're in a city or a small town or in the deep woods or on a trail or anywhere um, this encounter with sasquatch happened when i was in a small town neighborhood I was in my house and I was sun gazing out the window and um, up on the horizon I saw a man run by really fast and I thought wow that's really fast for a man to run by and then I realized that it wasn't a man that he was hairy and um, he was looking back over his shoulder and running and and then I could feel that you know there was something going on that it was something out of the ordinary and um, he ran and it was I knew that there was a big drop-off where he ran at full speed he was running at full speed and there was a huge drop-off where he went I thought nobody can run off that huge drop-off like that 
And so um, I got in my car to go up there and look, and I also knew that he was about as tall as the underbrush. And I thought, well, maybe I'm just making all this up in my mind that it's not Sasquatch, it's not that big. And then I got up there and the underbrush was way above my head. Like I could hold my arm up and it was as high as me plus my arm held in the air. Like, whoa, that was a really tall, big person. And they were hairy. And I went back in, um, to my house and I sat and looked again and um, another one came running through and he was being chased by two black small helicopters. Oh, this is really getting interesting. And um, I don't know why he was being chased and I don't know what was going on. And I don't know if it was two separate ones or the one was running in a circle of some sort. Um, but I did some investigation into it and it also happened right by a water tower. And I guess a water tower is a place where there is um, a way to connect. Or it is an amplifier, it is an antenna, it, it, it can be a place of even portals. And so maybe he didn't run off that steep thing, maybe it was a portal and that's why he was running full speed to that place. But um, it did start my journey of being able to connect with them more because I felt a mental connection at the time that that was all happening too. And um, so that's what started my journey. Okay, so um, there was this one time I have a, a friend who's really good at astral projecting and she has the ability to be able to touch you and basically take you anywhere she wants to go. And um, I remember I, there was a couple places I wanted to go. Um, one was like uh, a Yogananda temple where he was. And when you're there in kind of the astral realm, it's, it's hard to describe, but it's almost like um, stuff from time's not really like as it is here. So you can kind of feel the essence of the area and you can see a lot of the orbs uh, from where his temple is. Um, so there's almost like, it's like a fairy realm with a bunch of, yeah, like little like sparkling balls and like almost like a lot of water energy. And I remember when she, takes you there she can see everything very clearly um, there's another time where we um, I asked to go there's this place I really want to go to and I said hey, can we can we go to Antarctica and she said yeah sure um, so she then we she took me um, and we went and it was almost like we ran up against almost like a, I would say like a glass wall she basically did some sort of like toning um, where she was like um, did a spell essentially and we were able to kind of see in through there and we saw essentially like um, a base with um, like a lot of ether technology where there was like um, she described it as like water but it was almost like a then she realized it was a generator and was like rawr, 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 but it almost looked like water to her because she didn't she didn't do any research she didn't know anything about it and then there was another kind of wall or something and then I said hey can we go there and she's saying no 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 my higher self and my guides are telling us to not to go there because if we keep peeking through it's gonna there was some sort of thing her higher self was telling her to not go past a certain point, but we can only know, you know, kind of the, we know that there's the Tesla stuff there, but not to go past this like certain, um, another layer of uh, consciousness almost. So yeah. And um, so after that, after we, um, we did the astral projection, um, when we were done, she was visited by men in black. Um, she said she saw um, like like cars, like SUVs that would uh, like almost like appear and disappear. Um, and she saw basically men in suits outside her house, and um, when and they would be basically circling out 
around in our house. Um, I never felt like I was visited that much afterwards, but I definitely felt like the feeling when someone's trying to remote view you, I felt like that, like you're just laying in your bed and you know someone's psychically thinking about you and definitely looking into what your room is, what's your kind of trying to, you know, remote view your remote view who you are in your room. Um, so I had that feeling afterwards after that occurred, but she had more of an experience where people she felt like were following her, people were remote viewing her inside her house, um, and then she would see the men in black um, following her a few weeks after, a few days after too. I'm Jenna Frey, and I'm here telling my story about a trip down the river with my son yesterday in this beautiful valley um, on the Animus River. And as we're floating down the river, I asked my son if he felt like he had any gifts or what his gifts were. And he said, Mom, I don't think I have any gifts. I don't know what that means. And, and I said, well, you know, something you're good at, or something, you know, that you can do and he wasn't quite sure and then as we're floating down the river I asked him if he could hear what the rocks were were saying and he listened and he said they're saying like kind of whispering to him and so I asked him to listen just a little bit deeper and he did and he and I said do you hear anything he said yeah and I said what he said, he said, they want us to leave. I said, oh, really? Okay. And, and I said, well, can you ask them why? And he said, yeah. And he listened and he said, because we're bad. They think we're bad. I said, wow. Okay. And then he, he stopped him and he goes, mom, I'm going to tell them we're good. Like, okay, you do that. And so he did. He took a moment, communed with the rocks, and said, did you tell him? And he goes, yeah, I did. And I was like, well, what did they say? And he goes, well, they're all right now. They're going to take a nap. <laughs> so we floated down the river a little bit more, and I checked in with him again. And I said, have the rock said anything else? And he said, yeah, mom. And he points way downstream and up at the top of the edge of the cliff where the rocks kind of come to an end and slope down. There's a big tower on top of the rock. I don't know what kind of tower it is, um, but there's a tower up there. And Kai, my son Kai, he said, they don't like that mom and they want us to take it down. I said, wow, that's powerful, Kai. I said, I don't know, I don't know what to tell them because I don't know how to take it down. But that's really, really big medicine that you brought here. And as we're looking up at the tower and he's telling me this, this beautiful big winged black bird starts doing circles around the tower. And then later that evening, I spoke to my, my friend Lily, who's here. And she said that the birds are really showing up right now to break down the towers because the frequency that the towers are putting out are destroying them. And so this all came together by the end of the night. So towards the end of the, the float, I asked my son, so what are your gifts, hon? And he said, I can talk to nature, mom. 
So that's a beautiful gift, Kai. Well, it was 1997. I was living in Ohio, and um, I woke up. Well, it was a Saturday in June, and I woke up, and there's this little dude about three foot tall at the side of my bed. And he he opened his eyes. He was startled. And then in my head, I hear, I'm, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. And I roll over on my back, and there's another little dude. And he's startled, his eyes are open too, and one that's a, tall, a head taller, and he's speaking to me telepathically. Now they look like grays, but they had a, a lavender color to their gray skin, and they wore these purple robes, and it had this aura all around them. And at that time I was Catholic, so I didn't understand the questions I asked, but I did. So I asked, who are you, why are you here, and what are you doing with me? And he said, I'm here because you asked me to. Um, what we're doing is we're checking in on you. And that's why we're here. So he, I asked again because I didn't understand. And he goes, may I show you something? And he, yeah. So he goes, may I sit down? Because there's a chair in the room. So then he goes like this and a screen comes up. And then I'm seeing, he goes, are you ready? And I said, yeah. And so images like this of timelines of the earth. And they're everything, you know, war, natural disasters, poverty, sickness, illness. Sometimes you get a glimmer of a utopian society and peace, but it was more bad than good. That went on for I don't know how long. And then it stopped and they went like this. And I said, why did you show me that? And he said, because you, you're here to choose one of those timelines. You and millions like you are coming, came here at this time to make one of those things happen. And I, I said, oh. Um, then he said, but you're not going to remember this conversation until one of those things happen, and then your journey's going to start. And I said, okay. And then the three of them got together and I said, will I see you again? And they said, most definitely. And it became an orb and floated out of the room. In the morning, I woke up foggy knowing that I had some kind of dream. And so I asked my wife, I said, did, did you have any weird dreams? And she's like, no. And I'm like, okay, what I eat? So I just, nothing. And then I turn the TV on and Gumby's on. I'm flipping through channels and Gumby's on. And Gumby gets abducted by Grays. And I'm like, no fucking way. You know, and I put that in my no fucking way file. So, because I know Gumby's from the 60s and the Grays didn't come in till. so I was like, okay you know forget all about it flash forward i'm in philadelphia it's a beautiful tuesday and that's where i'm living at that time and one of those things happened 9-11 i was shown in 1997 the planes hitting the towers and when i saw that it knocked me off my feet and i had to sit down and start questioning what's real
And ever since then, I've been on this journey to the truth, <laughs> of my truth, and um, it's been fascinating. And thank you for this opportunity, Tyler. Hello, my name is Deborah Emanuel, and I am just going to talk about part of my journey to the truth, what has helped me to find truth within myself and be able to share that with, with the world. My journey to the truth began when I really began to appreciate nature and connect in nature. I began hearing voices from the trees, hearing messages from the trees, from the water, from plants, and I learned so much of deep, deep value as I began to listen more and more. And so now I am stepping up as the voice of the water, and the water needs our help. Each one of us is here to be a voice of the water. We can be a voice of nature. As we listen to nature, we become that. And the connection that we have to nature is so critical to our future, to our children, to our lives, and the quality of our lives, and the level of freedom that we are able to obtain when we, re when we remember who we really are through the messages that nature has to give. So the water now is contaminated. It's becoming more and more contaminated. And what the government is doing is increasing that. It's not lessening it. And so we are finding that our health is deteriorating because what we do to nature, we do to ourselves. And what we do to ourselves and each other, we do to nature. So it's critical that we begin to reevaluate our priorities, to look at our own inner waters, to, to determine within ourselves where that contamination is and where we have lost touch with the truth, where we have disconnected from nature. And as we start to bring that back, spending time in nature is really important for us to be able to remember because nature can help us reconnect. She will remind us. So the water is um, focusing on the water. We drink it every day. Water is life. We are here to remember our purity and our innocence and to allow that purity and innocence to be reflected out into the world. So when you look at the water and you see your face, that innocence is reflected back to you. Thank you, thank you. All right, so I wanna share a memory recall of a, um, an experience I had with, I guess you can say the SSP, right? <laughs> and uh, this, is, this isn't something that I've shared before publicly. And I guess now is a good time. So very short story, very short uh, recall. So one day I was in meditation trying to uncover some of my memories, right? And I got taken to this, uh, it felt like I was inside of a different body, almost like the body of an extraterrestrial of some kind, like, a, uh, like more of an enhanced human or something. And I found myself inside of this huge, what appeared to be a mothership. I, the memory started inside where I was seeing rows and rows and columns of capsules all over. I mean, stretching out for miles. Like this was probably like a mothership or something. Um, and so 
I remember looking at some of the bodies of different extraterrestrial species. I could see their skin tone, like their different genetic coding and stuff. Some were furry, some were um, scaly, some were hybrids of like all kinds. So I was, it felt to me like I was on some kind of infiltration mission or something. And then as I was walking, cause the feeling that I was getting while recalling it was like, like I was hiding like secret. So it, so it felt more like a secret mission. And so as I was walking through this huge opening, um, just full of these capsules, full of ETs in stasis, cause they were all uh, like in some cryogenic stasis or something. And then I got caught almost like an alarm sounded and I saw this extraterrestrial with like a grayish looking skin and its head it looked like a gray but not really um i don't know what kind of species this was but he was like levitating like like about like 30 feet above me and i was looking at him from up top and it was this weird encounter where it was almost like the memory kind of turned into third person where then I started to levitate, but not as high as him, but just like a little bit. And it was, it felt like it was going to be some kind of face off, but then it just kind of cut right there. And that's really all I remember. So, but the feeling I was getting like some kind of recon in, um, infiltration mission to gather, gather information. Um, so this was some kind of harvesting ship, you know, extraterrestrial harvesting ship, which is pretty interesting. It was huge. Like it was bigger than a stadium. Like it, like I, I couldn't even see the end of it. Like it was so large. So that's pretty much all I remember. <laughs> that was pretty crazy. All right. Hi, my name is Zafiera. I am a spiritual coach and psychic medium. And I've had a lot of experiences with ETs throughout my life, but it got a little bit more intense as I got older. And just recently, about a year ago, I was sitting outside at like two o'clock in the morning and there was this star in the sky and I was staring at it and I was like, this can't just be a star because it had this flicker to it that wasn't normal. And so I call my partner Antonio outside and I'm like, hey, do you think this is an ET ship? And he's like, well, you're psychic. Ask it. And I'm like, OK, <laughs> so I'm sitting there and I'm telepath. He went back inside and I'm telepathically communicating with this. And I'm like, all right, if you are an ET ship, please just show me. And so I'm waiting and then my eyes get directed to another part of the sky where there's like this red light and you can kind of see almost like a pyramid shape. And so I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh my goodness, okay, I think this was a confirmation that the ETs are there. And so I call him back out to look. And as soon as he walks out, there's a, like a flashing red light that comes from a different part of the sky right across the area of that pyramid that I was looking at. And so he's now with me and we're like, okay, is this a helicopter? Like it can't be a ship like we're still on the fence on if it is truly a ship but um so it went through and then it came back around and then it did it again and then another part of the sky there was a, a green light that appeared and then that one's going back and forth and then they're both kind of communing with each other and i'm like oh my goodness these are ships and so i'm just chilling there kind of taking in the energy feeling it because now i'm feeling a lot of extraterrestrial energy and i'm feeling very specifically the lyrans but it felt like there were different groups of ets there there was also like the rhinoceros energy that was coming through as well, which was really cool, which is like a new uh, energy for us at the time. And so that I, I was really just taking it in, taking in the experience. And I was like, OK, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back inside, wait 30 minutes, come back out and see if they're still there. So I do exactly that. 
and I come back out and the second I walk outside I see like a very visible saucer just come up right to my face and leave in about a second and I was like oh my goodness like if that is not the ultimate confirmation of the extraterrestrials and I don't know what is and then right after that there was another blinking light that came in the sky and just started moving and then there were other ones and there were these were all just white lights but then the green the green one came back and so there was just a bunch of extraterrestrial activity in the sky and i felt like they were they of course responded to me because i was really pleading with them like guys show me and they put on kind of like a laser light show for me that night and i uh, called antonio back out again but he missed the saucer but it's an experience that i will never forget and from that day on i see a lot of et ships in my backyard and I'll always know when the flickering light it's I don't know how to put my finger on it but if you're ever questioning if that flicker in the sky could be an ET ship definitely ask them to show you more and they may just do so or things flying sorry okay I cut that out <laughs> um, but yeah that's my story so I am a big believer of the ETs I've had a lot of other experiences but that one really left a mark on me and it's it's stayed there since so I'm happy to share Okay, so I was working for a short time as a photography assistant, and um, this was in Michigan, and as most people probably would imagine, a lot of the jobs there revolve around the auto industry, and um, so my, our job was setting up a set to photograph cars, and we would photograph like the new models that are coming out, they'd come in hidden or camouflaged, or we photographed the airbags when they first came out, stuff like that. So all the work was done, all the photographs were taken on big indoor stages and um, we had to set them up for each shoot. So we, this shoot we had to set up a scaffolding and I, we, we had gotten it so far and we were on the third level and I was putting up the railings and one of my co-workers was handing me the railings and he was standing on the edge of the scaffolding and I was on the long edge of the scaffolding waiting for him to hand me the railing and he was a big guy and I weighed 90 pounds at the time and he thought that maybe I couldn't that maybe it would be too heavy for me so when he handed me the railing which I don't know why he thought that because we've been you know we were on the third level already but he overcompensated and he fell and he fell with the railing and he fell right on top of me and he fell right on top of me and I was standing at the edge of the scaffolding with nothing behind it. And he fell right on top of me and the, the thing I remember most clearly is the terrified look on his face as he went over the edge. And only he didn't go over the edge because I blocked it. <laughs> so um, he somehow he grabbed on, I don't know because I wasn't watching this, I was just in it. And I don't know if the angels just held me up or if they pulled me for a nanosecond out of the, you know, into another dimension or, or whatever, but whatever, I just felt so peaceful and so calm. And, and um, I don't know how long that lasted, but when I noticed that my feet were back on the ground, on the platform, I just took a minute and then um, I happened to look down, you know, on the ground and um, he was going, and I don't know long, how long he stood there like that, but um, I just went back and I don't remember anybody. There was no instructions. The photographer, who was the boss, um, never said anything. 
and um, I know my co-worker was just trying to reconnect himself and get back to good. He was you know, struggling there. I think he hurt his leg. And um, I noticed nobody gave any instructions. Nobody asked how anybody was. Nobody said anything. And I, when I reflected on this later, um, I realized that nobody talks after a miracle. Hey, it's great to see y'all. Uh, I'm Grant, Grant Hicks. Uh, I've been asked to help support Michelle doing the, some of the end seeing here. And I was going to tell you a story about uh, how I came to Star Knowledge Conference, how I got to uh, make my book that I brought here with me, and how uh, I met Michelle. So uh, I was living in Austin and I had finished my acupuncture uh, degree and I was doing a lot of spirit work in the place I was at and I got these downloads about this book which was a seven-dimensional structure that connect our bodies to the heavens to our families and all these different levels in uh, geometry and in, in arithmetic with different levels of infinity and I could see how it all fit together and I'd been a deep student of philosophy mathematics and religion and I could see how all these things were coming together and when the night I got my where I was like, oh my God, I see it. Uh, these beings came and told me I was gonna make a, a, an oracle deck, which I did, and that's, this is the book that goes with that oracle deck. And they said I was gonna make a, star, a, a curriculum for the star children of the future. So I happened to work at a math, uh, in, or a, in, a Waldorf-inspired high school in Barroqua. I teach mathematics and I can use my multidimensional system to work with those students, so I have a place to practice that. So anyway, I, I have made the Oracle deck, I have made the, the book, and I'm working on the next level for that uh, curriculum for the star knowledge for the children. So um, during that time in Austin, where I got these ideas, um, I was shown a vision of uh, that I was going to meet these Native American elders. And I didn't know what that was about. And I tried to look up Native, like, how, how are you going to meet these elders? And I. I didn't know how to do that. So I, it took six months or something. I just waited and my friend came along and showed me this flyer and it had a picture of Chief Golden Light Eagle on it. I'd never seen him or, but when I saw that picture, I was like, that's him. I know that's what they were showing me. I'm supposed to go to that. And so all this stuff worked out where me and my brother could just go to Iowa. We traveled up to Iowa to go to the Star Knowledge Conference. Didn't know anything about it. We got invited to go to the Sundance uh, after that and so um, that opened up the doors to um, being connected with this world of other dimensional beings and other people who believed and had other experiences like myself uh, I had no way to get there I didn't have any money but I just knew I'm supposed to go and I found stones that told me I'm supposed to go my friend the day before I was just gonna hitchhike said I had this dream and in the dream the spirit told me to get you a bus ticket so she got me a bus ticket and uh, when we uh, arrived there it was all just a magical experience and I didn't really know what I was going to do with myself afterwards but I'd done my card readings for a lot of the people there including Michelle and I was sitting there at the hotel and she calls me and she's like what are you doing Grant and I'm like I don't know I'm just sitting here at the hotel she's like well, where are you going to go I'm like, I don't know and she said well you want to come stay with me I was like yeah so she came and I stayed with her for days. She introduced me to the whole, her whole scene there. I was on the radios and the conference, I was on a panel. All these things just opened up 
naturally because of the seven-dimensional card system. People are opening up to different other world experiences and they were like a gateway to having that happen. So then since then, me and Michelle have been great friends. That's been, what, 10 years ago? And so she knew to invite me to this thing because of the work we've been doing. So that's a little bit of a story for you guys. Yeah, I, I've had several encounters uh, starting at four years old and being checked on by my family. So we are here. We are the ones that we've been waiting for. We decided to incarnate on this earth and be notified and checked on. Um, they validated what my thought process was um, when I was four years old. So we are here and we incarnated. And we are the 144,000, the 144,000 DNA strands that were gifted to us to be able to be here and incarnate on this earth. So that way we can go ahead and help this earth be uh, where it needs to be or where we want it to be. And uh, no longer having the experience of the third dimensional density and elevating us to our fifth dimensional density. So most people now on earth are star brothers and sisters. They are Sasquatches and fairies, but we're in the incarnate and it took us millions of years to be able to get to this place and point. It took the Galactic Federation to come together to um, share all of their magical gifts to create this beautiful biological computer that is sitting right before you. This um, advanced AI that, you know, so-called AI, but it has the God seed and um, nobody else could have that God seed unless you have gone through the initiation processes here on earth. Okay, so like in 1996, I was 14. We're just outside of Roswell. There's a town in between, uh, it's called Tatum. And so we, we gassed up, we were on this road there, this Cadillac passes us. And my mom goes, oh, that's weird. It says Neiman Marcus too. And then all of a sudden, both cars, like our Tahoe and my mom's uh, are, and this other uh, Cadillac, they just, boom, stop. Like, every, I don't know if we went through like electromagnetic pulse or we didn't really understand. Like the cars just stopped and my mom's like, ah! And then like it pulls to the side and then I'm like, what's happening? Mom, start the car. And she's like, I don't know, it's dead. It won't start. Everything's not working. Like, so she can't get the car to turn over. The car is in front of us, like a hundred yards in front of us. They also are stopped. And um, so my mom says, um, or she's like, here, try the cell phone, try the cell phone. Dead, everything dead as a doornail. So she's like, okay, you guys stay in the car. I'm gonna go out there and talk to them and see like if, where everything is. So she walks up to the Cadillac and she says, there's three people in it. There's like a little boy, an old man, and a like chauffeur type guy driving it. And they're all bald, like none of them have hair. And uh, they won't look at her. So she gets, she like knocks on the window and she's like, hi, like did y'all's car break down too or whatever? And the guy cracks his, his door and he's, uh, he said like he they just nod they won't look at her and they won't say like they won't use their vocal cords to say yes and so she started getting like this gut feeling like oh god okay well those guys are kind of weird so then she uh so she says uh okay well if, if you guys get help send them back and if we get help we'll send them forward okay and they just like nod so she's like okay this is weird and so she's she looks back to like it's only 100 yards not very far she goes back to the the tahoe or whatever and she says she starts running and in her mind's eye she's like running and it looks like something out of the shining it gets like further and further and further like the the car keeps on getting further away instead of closer and so she's starting to freak out and she's like realizing that this could have been like a trap to, for somebody to take her kids or something she didn't really know what was going on and 
meanwhile, back at the ranch, we're just like in the car, like, oh, you know, being jerks. And uh, so she finally gets to the car. She's sweating and she's she's like super like frantic and stuff. And she's like, nobody's getting out of this car for the rest of the time, blah, 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 blah. We're like, what's the matter, mom? And she's just like, nothing, just, you know, like whatever. But you're not even getting out of the car to go to the bathroom or anything. Just pee in a jar and we'll, you know, and I mean, it was like, okay. We have, this is a major highway. I don't know what it's called. But anyway, it should have already had people driving by. Nobody drove by. It felt like we were there for hours and hours and hours and hours. I don't really know how long we were there. So finally, the semi truck comes from like Tatum, right? So it comes from the uh, the direction we were gonna go to, and it stops and it helps the the Cadillac in front of us. So it pulls in front of the Cadillac. This other bald guy gets out. He jumps off the Cadillac. And then they both just go towards Tatum and they leave us in the dust. Like they don't come back and help us. They just completely leave us. And my mom's like, you know, like we're all kind of, you know, like put out by this kind of situation. So anyway, back, we're back to like feeling like it's forever or just waiting around. Nothing's happening. And then this beautiful Adonis of a man, he looks like Superman. He's like, he's like six, six and like just this huge thing with like blue eyes and like black. It literally looks like Superman. He like knocks on the window and I'm 14 and I was like, oh, uh, anyway, but so that's how come I knew he was like super pretty, you know, anyway, but so he comes to the door and he's like, uh, Hey, can I help you guys? And he was in this little blue slug lug. And when we didn't even know where he came from and then we were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so my mom, like he, jumps the car off it works and stuff and then he he you know she has, he has her start it she starts it he leans in she rolls down the window he leans into the car and he's like okay so you guys were just at the wrong place at the wrong time but um it could have been a lot worse than it was so here's what's going to happen when you get to tatum the 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 um the gauges are going to go completely up again and the cell phone will start working once you're once you're in tatum and at that point you need to call your dad which was my grandpa like he's telling my mother this right and he's like if you see the semi truck or if you see the 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 cadillac do not stop and don't engage with them and we're like we didn't tell you anything about the semi truck or the cadillac we didn't ever mention that to him because I mean, like, why would we? And and he was just like, yeah, I know. Like I said, you were, you guys were just in the wrong place at the wrong time. But it's okay. Like, you guys will be all right. And I was like, okay, well, thank you so much. Is there any way we can help, like, send you something to thank you, you know, whatever? And he was like, no, 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 you're just, you're fine, whatever. So everything exactly happened like he said. So we get into Tatum. All of a sudden, the cell phones work, and the um the uh they're they're like we drive by there the, there's the semi truck and the cadillac are stopped by the side of the road and all of them are out there and they're all like these little bald dudes just standing there looking at us as we drive by um i they weren't in blacks like men in black suits per se or something but they were uh they were weird anyway so uh my mom calls uh her dad and it's just like this is where it gets like there's disputing between my family because like some people will say it was only like five or six hours and then I remember it being we were gone like two or three days but my mom's like it was only like one day or like we had missing time I don't know how missing time much time because we debate upon the people in the car how much missing time there really was but there was definitely some missing time and then um later on like about a couple weeks later my mom went to go pick up my little sister from like her piano lessons or something and then she sat down and was talking with the piano teacher and my mom we never really talked about what happened while we were 
in it because we were in it, you know. And then, so my sister was telling her piano teacher, like, what happened? And she said to the piano teacher, like, yeah, like, we had this whole experience and mom was running backwards. Like, mom kept on running backwards in this thing. And I remember Jade saying, mom's running backwards, mom's running backwards. And I was just like, shut up. Be like, I didn't even... I didn't even like try to verify what she was saying, whether it was true or not, because my sister was kind of a crybaby at that point and stuff. So I was just like, whatever. And that was the first time for my mom where she kind of felt like validated that that thing like really did happen to her and that like something with time was like messed up. And so I don't know. I don't know if we went through like a electromagnetic, like what is those little bombs? That's like, what are those things called? The EMPs. I think that's what they're called electromagnetic pulses or something I don't know something happened but anyway it was weird and it was cool and it was in near Roswell so there you go that's what I got you are so